0: Welcome and thanks for listening to AGI SureTrack Coffee Talk. Today's episode is the need for agriculture education and advocacy. Here's your host, Laura Hankey. All right, thanks Brian. Happy Friday everyone. Luella, thanks for joining us here this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good morning. Yeah, absolutely. So every week we like to start off on the same note um, by asking our guests to tell us a little bit about themselves and their role with their respective organizations. So to get us started here this morning, tell us what your role is with Missouri Beef uh, Council. And I understand that you have a foundation as well.
1: Yeah, so good morning. Great to be with you. I grew up on a farm in Missouri, and so that has always been personal to me. My parents still farm full-time, and we also raise cattle and crops in Northeast Missouri. I attended the university for an agricultural degree, and ever since I've been involved in ag education and advocacy with commodity groups and organizations to really help to bridge that gap. Uh, that we know exists today, and trying to share that story of what, what farm families do on the farm. So yes, involved as a contractor to the Missouri Beef Checkoff, where I work with consumer groups, and also K-12 through to share that story around beef production and how beef gets on the plate. Um, I also started a foundation for Food and Farm Connections, which houses some of those ag education
0: initiatives and helps us elevate those programs through fundraising and awareness. Great, great. And and the foundation is not just for beef advocacy, right? We're talking a general agriculture education across the board. Absolutely. So just
1: really telling that story of all food and how it gets to the plate and the important role that farm families play um, in today's society. Mm
0: Well, your team really has a unique um, approach to getting more beef on the school lunch tray. So let's talk a little bit about that this morning. Um, Tell us what the program is called. I believe it's in its second or third Mm -hmm. year now. Um, So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So Mo Beef Mo Kids actually launched in 2017 um, with one school down in southwest Missouri, which is cattle country in the state of Missouri. Um, but really it was it evolved from a conversation in an airport by two beef industry leaders and they have recently learned that one in 10 meals on the school lunch tray is beef and in some states it's actually one in 20. So depending on where you are in the US and so Missouri is a top beef state which a lot of people don't realize And the leadership soon discussed that we could fix that and we could incorporate additional beef and that that high quality protein on the school lunch tray. So that's just what they did. Um, We started with a volunteer structure out in the countryside, rallying farmers and ranchers, getting school administration on board and business and community leaders. And it's really just taken off. This is a grassroots movement um, what's so wonderful about it is we can tell that story in the cafeteria and follow up with it in the classroom. So we have about forty five schools that participate today, um, and we've had we've served over thirty thousand students uh, with additional beef
0: on their on their lunch tray. That is nothing <laughs> short of impressive, fantastic work. Um, so tell us about the structure of it. How does it work? How do you actually get the beef onto the school lunch tray?
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of moving parts involved with the program, which makes it unique in every community. Obviously we have to have those farmers and ranchers on board that wanna donate. And, and then also we want to have that school administration on board and their food service. So we work with the food service programs within schools so that they can um, work with the beef. They know how to implement it on the menu. Uh, we work with them on how they want the beef. Um, so it really works with their, their food service program. Um, and then we've got a lot of business and community leaders that have contributed or sponsored. Uh, we have one school whose bank made this program possible because of a freeze donation. Some of our schools may not have those resources. And so communities really rally together and do whatever they have to to make this happen. So it's really a lot of people coming together, but that's what makes it really powerful.
0: Right. So 30,000 school lunches. Where does all of that beef come from?
1: So it's really all over the state and it depends on what part of the state, but it's really that local farmer and rancher who we call champion, call the champion in the region, and they really help facilitate donations. So, you know, whether they're involved in their cattlemen's association or other organizations, they're really well known in their region and they have a great database of people that they can call upon. So mm-hmm. it's really that volunteer and that champion that helps us solidify the beef so that we know it can be sustainable. Uh, we don't want to introduce it into a school and get everybody excited and then three months down the road um, not have that beef. So um, our champions really... Uh, call upon fellow farmers and ranchers in their community. And, you know, they know that investing in our youth and planting that seed is so important. And, you know, the end piece of all of this, we hope, is that we um, build lifetime lifetime beef consumers. Uh, We want students to um, understand the role that beef can play in their life and how it gets to them from the farm and hopefully as a consumer and and when they're making purchasing decisions that they're going to continue to eat beef.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned there at the beginning that there's more to this than just beef on the school lunch tray. And I understand that there's an educational component as well. How does that work? How do you get into the classroom with that message of beef?
1: Yeah, because the program is so unique to a community and we have people that are really passionate, it helps build those relationships for us so that when we want to follow up with an educational message, we have those relationships and we can navigate that. And usually they're very excited about implementing that piece, um, because what better hook to get them in the cafeteria than having that beef and then getting to talk about that beef I'll also note too, as an educational opportunity, schools have a poster and a banner that displays farm families that have contributed. Um, So we have, you know, first graders whose family may have contributed and they're sitting at the lunch table with a friend and that gets the conversation going even in first grade because they see that farm family on the wall in the cafeteria. So that is the first step to education. It's really connecting the dots. Where does that taco or that hamburger come from and how does that farm family um, get it on the plate? And then our goal is to get into the classroom. Uh, We recently developed a pasture to plate program. So what it is, it's a three- Uh, three units, so three 45 minute units with an activity. And it really takes students from the production process on the farm, So what happens to the beef once it leaves the farm and then the nutritional value of that beef. So it's a really just a foundation, general overview of that that life cycle and then the nutritional value. So we're really proud of that piece um, because we feel like it summarizes um, that production cycle. We know that beef production can be complex. um, So we really took the time to try to generalize that but make students understand all of the touch points that happen. So we talk about technology Technology, careers, um, nutrition, a lot of different topics uh, to incorporate our message.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you and I have talked about this before, but you know, when you're in the classroom providing that education and that avenue, you're not just educating the students that are in the classroom, you're educating the administrators, you're starting conversations at home. I mean, it's such a powerful tool. Um, it's, it's just a great vehicle to get that message out. So Fantastic job there. 30,000 meals. I feel like I don't even have to ask this question, but what has interest been like?
1: So we've had a ton of interest. Of course, COVID has created some challenges on the processing side. And just from a food service standpoint, obviously with focus on um, being cautionary and having those things in the school. But I will tell you just in the last few weeks, you can tell that schools are getting back to some normalcy because we've had an influx of interest in getting this program started for the fall. So there's tons of interest, schools wanna participate. Um, we have superintendents that have may, may have moved from an urban area and now they're in a more rural district. And so they're wanting to navigate that and, and we help them with those relationships, connecting them with local cattlemen um, and getting that uh, program implemented. So there's tons of interest across the board, both in urban and rural school districts.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, there's been no escaping COVID this last 12 to 14 months. So, you know, what kind of challenges or hurdles has COVID presented for the program? Has it, has it Has there been any setbacks because of COVID?
1: Yeah, so obviously the processing issue. A lot of our small processors, and I didn't mention that earlier in our conversation, but obviously the processor plays a vital role in this program. Without them, we would not be able to get that beef on the on the plate. So we've got processors all across the state who are huge advocates for the program and have been so wonderful in trying to work us in um, with such a stacked um, schedule in terms of processing. They really do their best to try to serve our students, Um, but you know all. Also, there's just those, you know, challenges related to getting some of those, um, some of the beef processed. So that's been a challenge. And then, of course, like I mentioned, just schools' attention and focus on some of those COVID, um, you know, restrictions and things like that, which we we totally understand. But I also think that in every situation, positive comes out of it. And so it has also raised awareness about how does beef get on the tray and on the plate. Um, A lot of our, as we know, and Lori, you and I have talked about this at length, most of the population, they don't think about that process. They go to the grocery store, right? And pick up those items. So it's allowed us to talk about that process and how, how this disruption can happen and why it happens.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, what a real life experience. I mean, to go to the grocery store and not see beef in the case and wonder why, I mean, what better avenue to learn more about it? So You know, Luella, you've been an advocate and an avenue for general ag education for a long time. It hasn't just been limited to beef. Why is advocacy and agriculture education so important to you?
1: Yeah, so, you know, I grew up, as I mentioned, I grew up on a farm. I saw my dad work hard every day, still does. Um, He was planting corn yesterday. And, you know, it just is such a personal story to me. So as I became really involved in FFA and then went on to the college campus, I realized, what misinformation and how much uh, disconnect there was. And it really, it was personal to me. And I think farmers and ranchers can relate to that. It is very personal. It's hard to not respond to that message on social media or respond to that article um, because it is so personal and it's a lifestyle. We all know that in agriculture, it is a lifestyle. So i just loved all of agriculture early on. And so that has always sparked a passion in me to help tell that story. Um, but I also think that we should look at non-traditional methods of educating when we're trying to get to our target audiences, um, because the reality is, uh, you know, a lot of our teachers, they don't wake up in the morning and think about agriculture, right? Um, they have a busy stack day. They have lots of a. And how we s- strategically talk about agriculture and talk to it in a way that makes our target audience bigger. Um, and so th- those those things, are been
0: a, they've been a mission of mine. And it's just a passion that I have developed over the years. Mm-hmm. You mentioned teachers not waking up and immediately thinking about agriculture. Well, you know, we know today that most people are three to four generations removed from the farm. And so just providing an outlet where they can find that information is such an important tool. You know, how can we help to tell agriculture's story to those folks who are three and four generations removed?
1: I think it's always coming in with a common ground and an understanding, you know, because I I truly believe that most people are well-intended. I think that it's a very small minority that's vicious and, you know, spreads that misinformation intentionally. I truly think that a lot of people want, they just may not know where to go and find those resources. So I think keeping an open mind um, and also just trying to create that relationship and that trust is really important. Um, but just making those connections outside of agriculture, talking about food, food insecurity, nutrition, technology, food safety, um, finding those topics that you know others do care about, and then you know, reaching them through those, those perspectives are really important.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, nutrition has been a great vehicle to carry the message of beef education into classrooms throughout Missouri. How does nutrition help to carry that message? Message of general agriculture education and open the door for some of those um, farm conversations.
1: Absolutely, I think nutrition is so powerful. I think oftentimes. We don't take advantage of that agriculture and nutrition connection. Um, And nutrition is on the hearts and minds of most people, especially in the education world and that have children. And so we know nutrition is important and we all want that, right, for our young people. And so that is an important vehicle. It's an opportunity. Um, A lot of times I have gotten in the door or um, been able to take advantage of an opportunity to talk to a new group because of that nutritional message. So I think that that is really powerful tool that we should use when we talk about food, agriculture, what farm families are providing for us.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we've talked about resources here a couple of times already this morning. How do you know where to find those resources? You know, if, if I'm three or four generations removed from the farm, I might not know where to go and find a credible resource. And social media may be my main source of that type of information. How do you connect folks with correct sources of, of information and, and resources
1: that's a great question and you know going on to a search engine um, just finding all that information it can be so overwhelming for consumers that want to find information so my recommendation would be to try to reach out to local resources first and those that do not have a connection with a farmer and rancher um, there are some great resources out there Um, But I would look to organizations um, within states or on the national level, um, find our common ground. As you know, Laura has some great resources that I feel like offer a great perspective um, to just some general understanding and questions and answers. So look to those respective organizations that are involved in agriculture. You know, they live and breathe it every day. Um, It's really going to the source that that knows that information and can sincerely answer questions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what you're saying is maybe don't rely on the Internet. (laughs) From the get go, go ahead and and get your feet on the ground and Mm -hmm. uh, knock on that local farm bureau or extension office door and, and find that information. Yes. Great. Great. Well, you know, we've talked about nutrition also here this morning, and it's a great commonality to start conversations, but it can't be the only vehicle that we use. What are some of the other avenues that you use to start some of those conversations connecting the dots in production agriculture?
1: Yeah, so we all love to eat, right? We all love food. So depending on what grade level or audience we're talking to, just talking about food and our favorite foods and how do how do they get to the plate? I think that's an exciting process. I've also always thought that agriculture is so fun and colorful. It's there's so many different parts of the agriculture sector. Um, you know, I was just watching a video the other day on carrot production. You know, and I was involved in a farm. I've been involved in ag all my life, but there's still a lot for me to learn in other parts of the agricultural world. So it's fun. It, you, we can keep it fun and creative, but tying it to things, especially for our younger generation, technology. You know, talking about how farmers and ranchers are utilizing technology for for good for all. I always say that I think a lot of times um, people think that because we can do more with less, that we compromise something, that we compromise food safety or we compromise animal welfare. When in return, we actually, it's a benefit to all. It's passed on to the
0: animal and the consumer. um, And that's such an important piece that I like to talk about absolutely and you make such an important point too you know agriculture touches everything there's nothing that we do in our day-to-day lives that agriculture doesn't touch and you know when you were talking about careers it reminded me of a conversation we had with one of our um actually our lead software developer here a couple of months ago he now sits on the board for Olathe West FFA chapter which just started this year um you know he went to Olathe West or excuse me i think maybe it was east um but Moral of the story: He went to an urban high school, urban kid, and I asked him, "You know, did you ever see yourself involved in agriculture?" No way, you know. I, and so, making those connections and being able to bridge those gaps, and that's why I think being in the classroom is so important because you're you're not just educating the students; you're educating the teachers and making that connection. And those career pathways that are often overlooked can become, you know, something that they're actually focusing on and and bringing those to the forefront. Um, so Luella, you have a national initiative, um, for ag education. So you're looking to expand the beef program to other states. You've seen such great success in Missouri. Um, talk a little bit about that, how you're expanding beyond Missouri's borders, not just with beef, but with this general agriculture education message.
1: Sure. So I have you know, I believe in that uh, passionate message, of course, and really to me, the secret sauce involves we have such a great story to tell in agriculture um, from a factual side, but also from a personal storytelling side. And I think when we mesh the two, we can really combine something powerful, also integrating some of the things we've talked about, like technology career pathways, nutrition and health, those tracks, and making sure that those are the forefront. And then we get into that door and talk about those things, but then also bring in that message of agriculture education. I think it's really important. I also think that a passionate vehicle is really important um, because a lot of our educators, even if they do find interest in agriculture, they don't have the knowledge or background to feel comfortable. Uh, we get a lot of comments that talk about, you know, we love bringing these concepts to our students, but I am i don't know enough. And so bringing those passionate, passionate educators that can be a messenger in our urban classrooms. So that's a key component of our program. Also bringing in our youth, our youth organizations who are passionate about agriculture, they are a powerful piece to this and they can help us educate. Um, the program includes things like crops, livestock, nutrition, Soil and water conservation. We didn't talk a lot about that today, but soil and water conservation and just overall health is really on the minds and hearts of a lot of people. So that's another important topic that we want to incorporate. Um, and then just talking about career pathways and all of the segments that agriculture touches. Um, is super important. So those are all things that are really important to the program. Also, what we're looking to do as we go into different states is some customized approaches. We know that agriculture looks a little different in Kansas than it does Minnesota. So we want some personalization within a state, um, but some consistency overall with what farm families provide us and how they play a role in today's world.
0: Absolutely. Well, Luella, May is Beef Month and we certainly appreciate you spending some time here with us this morning to share yeah. the beef story and the successes that you've seen there in the state of Missouri. As we're looking at wrapping up, are there any final thoughts you want to share?
1: You know, um, I just, I appreciate the opportunity. I love to talk about ag education and literacy. i love to get others involved too that have that burning passion. I truly believe that we can do the most when we work together um, and united So that's really important, working together, combining resources and efforts, um, and we can continue to tell the good story. I think it's also important to remain um, positive. Um, It's it's easy to get discouraged in today's world when you go out on social media or you read the headlines. Um, I still have that
0: optimism that we have a great story to tell and we need to continue to tell it. Absolutely. Well, as we wrap up, um, if anyone is listening who wants to become involved in the beef program or perhaps get more beef on their school lunch tray, where's a good resource for them to reach out to?
1: Yeah, so they can go out on Mobeefkids.com. I can also include that in the chat, chat box to learn more about that program. Um, you can certainly reach me through that platform as well if you're interested, even if you're not in the state of Missouri and you're interested. We have other states that are interested in coming on board. Um, and then also I think, Laura, you have my contact information that you will share as well. And I'm, I have an open door policy, so please reach out to
0: <laughs> me if you have any questions or ideas, or are excited and want to get involved. All right. Sounds great. Well, we certainly appreciate your time here this morning, Luella. Thank you for that. Yes, thank you. All right. Brian, I think we're ready to hand things back to you this morning. Thanks for joining us for AGI SureTrack Coffee Talk. Connect with us on the web at agisuretrackcommunity.com.